welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Delighted today to be joined by James Scott. James is head of the customer experience strategy and deployment at the post office, as well as being the customer experience leader of the year 2020. Hi, James. How are you doing? Hi, Simon. Good. Thank you. And thanks for the invite to come on the podcast. Great to be with you. Good. More than welcome. I'm looking forward to this one. It's um, something maybe that we all know and love the post office. Uh, Hopefully those that uh, listen will be interested in what you've got to say. And, you know, we all love the post office and we all we all make numerous visits uh, across the year to to some of your colleagues. So before we start, let's find out a bit more about you. So mention their job title, what you do at the post office, and you are the prestigious winner of the Customer Experience Leader of the Year for 2020. But before that, what what have you done in your career and how have you got to kind of win win that award last year and be in the role you are today? Yeah, so I'm really pleased with that um with that award, clearly. Um but yeah, so it started for me as as something that you probably wouldn't expect. Um, as I started with a, as as being a professional chef um, a number of years ago, and and that really for me was my grounding in customer experience. It was it it was not it wasn't trendy enough to be known as customer experience then. It was just something that you actually got it right. Everything had to be a hundred percent right for your customer, and it was ingrained in you from the absolute outset. There was there was no other option. Else your customer wouldn't come back and you profitable restaurant and therefore a job so it was all it was all my grounding in customer experiences down to that really and then I made um, I made the move from there across into food retail um, spent a number of years in a number of jobs with Sainsbury's um, before moving across then into um, Woolworths and then uh, various jobs with Woolworths around IT and supply chain and things like that before I then joined the post office which now has just ticked over 16 years which is um, I'm really proud of and and lots of different jobs in the post office, going through sales and operations, um, various different project management roles, until the, the time was right really to uh, to come into customer experience. And, and I think we're making a, a really good uh, a really good place on that now. So yeah, great place to be now. Good. I did. I never realised you were a chef. So cook cooking up a storm from the start. <laughs> there we go. There, there's loads of anecdotes you can get in there for that one. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure some more will spring <laughs> to mind. I'll I'll try my best to push them to the back of my mind and not ruin okay. it by coming up with corny stuff. We're going to kind of have a bit of a tour around your world in today's podcast. Uh, look at some of the things that you and the post office teams have been doing in the pandemic. So the last 12 months, talk a bit about uh, kind of what that looks like as we move out of it. And then there's some stuff as we start kind of sit here recording today that Rishi's announced that I think is is quite interesting in terms of contactless that, that we'll touch on at the end. Big trend in the last 12 months and I assume it will continue relatively as we move forward is this move uh, to local from town centres so we've all been restricted in what we can do that's meant we've had to look kind of on our doorstep rather than big cities and areas with lots of people. What's that meant for you and the teams in the post office? Yeah, and it, it was a big move as well. And of course, as soon as announcements happened like that, then yeah, our town centres kind of cleared out, and um, and no one was was going into them. So that had a big knock-on effect, of course, for our town centre branches, of which we've got a lot. And these are these are big branches. You know, they served a lot of people every single week, and so those people disseminated out into the places that were local for them. And for the post office, that means our are more local branches to those people, mostly to where they live rather than going into the town centre to transact. Now, of course, by their nature, that means that these branches are a little bit smaller than those town centre branches, which means all of a sudden you've got quite a lot of customers coming into those smaller environments, which is 
I suppose, are ironically just the thing that you really don't want when you've got a pandemic and you've got to keep two metres apart and adhere by all of your social distancing measures. So there was a lot of support that was given to our our independent postmasters across the country by our area management teams to help those branches cope with that. And ultimately, it's a time when a, coast, a post office being quite a small environment, small environment behind the counter as well. And you could not necessarily get the same amount of people that you had serving behind the counter, serving the public as you could before because of distancing measures there. So it was all around enabling those smaller branches to be able to safely serve customers. And also for the, for our, our team members that work for our postmasters across the country to be able to to operate and serve customers safely themselves screens in between individual members of staff and things like that so that we didn't have to uh, um, cut down the amount of serving positions that's available in some of those branches so yeah it was the first time round, like everybody it hit us quite quickly and there was a lot to put in place very quickly too my generation and certainly my kids and the younger generations everybody just kind of resorted to, to doing everything online because that's what we know and is the easy thing to resort to but I'm, I'm assuming there's a big I'm not assuming there's a big percentage of the population that would still need to come out and visit the post office. So what what kind of essential services were you seeing that moved from those town centres to local locations that people were still um, visiting in person? Yeah, it is. There's a there's a big, big chunk of the, the UK's population that still transacts on on cash. Um, and much as we know that um, lots of people are moving towards contactless payments that I know we'll touch on later on, but also um, more digital ways of doing things, there is a lot of people that still rely on cash and more than you would probably think from all the the kind of ma- main messages we get in the media about moving to to digital. So there were certainly those people that work off of cash. Um, there's certainly people that need those essential services, uh, driving licenses, um, that kind of stuff that you, you need to get done. But also the increase in people using online shopping that means there's an increase in movement of the physical things that those people buy when they are online shopping. So, of course, there is um, a large amount of people doing click and collect at the post office. There was a very large amount of people that during times of COVID restrictions, they've actually started selling a lot more stuff online. So it wasn't just from big businesses like Amazon um, that we went and bought more things from. We actually went online and sold more things and people then bought more things on eBay, Amazon Marketplace, that kind of um, marketplace platform. So, of course, those things come through the post office sometimes in two journeys, once to send them and then again to actually collect them from the customer that's purchasing them at the other end. It was still a very, very busy time for us and in some things busier than it was before. Trade patterns, of course, went all over the place and it's very difficult to predict. But um, post offices has, has really battled through, to be honest, and managed to keep a lot of branches open all the way through, which we're, we're really pleased about. And, and obviously the public are too, because we can give access to those services. You should be proud of that and the teams that kind of have worked through this um, this period and, and out of the other side. It's not easy in any environment, I don't think, with the initial restrictions and then the ongoing ones that we've seen in place and the ones that continue to be in place to work in, you know, with um, the wearing of masks and all the PPE and the improved or increased uh, cleaning that that's been put in place across anywhere that's been open it it makes general day-to-day trading tricky um, it does so yeah hats off to you and the team for for keeping uh, 
keeping that spinning because it, it's not easy whatever walk of life you've been open during the pandemic I mean, it's interesting actually because the penny kind of just dropped with me when you were you were speaking I hadn't really thought through the fact that it's kind of a two-way journey so yes that online PC is bread and butter to some people but the whole yeah eBay selling let's say marketplace stuff somebody's still got to go somewhere to send it or post it so no that that makes complete sense and I assume on on the positive as we we move out of kind of the last 12 months of lockdown you're expecting to see things like you know big increases in people renewing passports because there's a real desire for people to travel and maybe they've not needed to or wanted to renew so i'm assuming you're expecting some big growth in services that potentially have been dormant in the last 12 months yeah definitely i mean there's there's a lot of pent-up want to travel among a lot of people across the, the the country so i'm sure lots of people listening to this will have been planning trips even if you're not at the stage that you're happy to book yet which which a lot of people are doing and yeah passports are going to be a, a very popular thing because of course it's it's been about a year now and so a lot of people passports will have will have expired in that time or got near the six months that you normally need to have on your passport when, when you go abroad as a requirement so that's going to be very busy travel money is is um, of course at the moment a very practically non-existent business apart from essential travel that people are taking some some cash and what have you with them but yeah when that opens up we're going to be very busy I think at that point international driving permits travel foreign currency for travel travel money card which is our our digital version if you like of travel money is is proving very popular where you can just top up your card with with the accompanying app that we've got and of course passports yeah it's it's going to be a busy busy time and with them with us coming out of the eu then people driving across the eu there's different requirements then for for international driving permits and things like that so a lot of people things that they were once familiar with they're going to look to the post office to understand what they need to now do in this new environment. So yeah, we'll be we'll be pretty busy. The the whole leaving the EU thing it, it's clearly been kind of overshadowed by the pandemic, rightly so. But yeah. when now I don't think we've seen the impact of it because we've all been at home. So absolutely. Again, I hadn't really thought about the fact next time I go abroad, I'd take it for granted. I take my card license. I go hire a car. I'm going to have to think that through now and understand. Is there a requirement in this country? Isn't there a requirement in that country? Because we've not had to, because it's just kind of happened as part of being locked down. So I haven't really felt the the change, if that makes sense. No, definitely. And there's going to be, you know, things like travel insurance. There's now going to be a need for people to have a, a bit more of an in-depth look at the at the terms and conditions of their travel insurance. You know, make sure you're buying a policy that that is absolutely covering you for everything that you could possibly need. And those needs could be different to what they were before before COVID. So there's there's a lot to consider for people so that that must that must be a big Im- impact on your teams and kind of upskilling them to legislation and, and requirements but before we kind of think about the future how have you and your support center colleagues kind of looked after the post office teams during lockdown with field support and then i suppose managing customers in and out yeah, and the field support has been the invaluable piece for us and for our postmasters. So it's our area managers. We have 94 area managers across the country and they they have a very um, local relationship with the postmasters that they they support. And their support has been invaluable, you know, to to make sure that individual branches, postmasters um, have the right information available to them around the things that they can claim for the government 
in the help that the government put in place during during this type of um, thing. And um, but also just to be there and help with getting signage up, getting PPE supply into into branches and for our independent branches for the, for them to know where to order this kind of thing from as well and good solid signage you know people look to signage now you look for signage in a retail environment to tell you what to do and where to stand safely and so you know that's no small feat to get that out so colleagues in marketing there's eleven and a half thousand post office branches out there and each one needs uh, a really good robust setup of floor stickers signage to go on the door people are often queuing outside because as we've said these are often never mind the post office being quite small within the retail store the retail store that runs alongside the post office could be very small in environment too so actually queuing is happening outside of the post office for a, in a lot of locations which of course you know you put two meters between each person in a post office queue potential reduced capacity sometimes at the counter and you've you've got quite a long queue yeah, it's the kind of thing that we've all got used to that kind of stuff, but it's still not easy for customers. We absolutely get that. Um, and we can see that frustration from customers sometimes. Um, we know it's not frustration at us at the post office. We know it's frustration with the whole setup and the um, the pressures that something like COVID brings. But that's why we have area managers on the ground to really look after our postmasters, support them as much as ever we can. And to always have someone on call, really. Um, so that you've got someone that can support you when you need it. Yeah, it sounds like a good a good strategy you had in place from the start that that support network outside of branch or um, you know whatever environment you're operating in is vital because otherwise you can go stir crazy within the four walls or not be able to get the solutions, vent your frustrations at at someone and it it boils over into something else, doesn't it? So sounds like you yes. had a, a good a good plan in place from the start. So if we think about positive stuff, so moving forward, the world's going to open up however it will be looking. I'm sure you guys have been thinking about and have introduced some new services along the way in kind of the COVID times. I know we talked off air about some things that might be good for you to explain to us. So same day check cash in, cash direct, company payments via kind of scanning barcodes. Those all, all seem quite innovative things. Were they kind of in the plan or were they driven by the pandemic to make life easier for your customers they were purely driven by the pandemic i mean they were there was there's some services that are close to these ones that we've had in the past um but these ones were yeah there was three main things that we introduced um one quite right you talk about there which was cash direct um a next day cash delivery service this one so actually we we repurpose the special delivery service that um, our partners at Royal Mail have. And of course, we we sell to the customers at the post office. So you can send cash through this service. And it's it's one of the only services that you can actually send cash through. So where our customers just couldn't simply leave home or didn't want to or were not allowed to, we could get cash delivered to their door securely next day, which is invaluable for some customers. We had something called Fast Pace that we brought out, which was, yeah, a same day checking cashment service, as you, you mentioned. If a person, again, can't leave home, they've got a checkbook. Once they found that and dusted that checkbook off, because um, maybe they don't use it too much, um, they can give that check to someone and they can bring that into the post office for same day in cashment, which was re- proving really popular for people. And also um, Payout Now, which was, as you suggest, is a barcoded voucher kind of scheme which can be instantly exchanged for cash so 
companies could um, companies could send these vouchers with barcodes directly to their customers who could come into a post office and exchange cash. Those sort of things evolved from um, so next day cash delivery. We've had next day um, travel money, foreign currency delivery for a number of years now as a, a standalone product, but repurposing that into sterling to be able to give people the cash they need for their day to day goings on is something that isn't really a small feat. You know, don't forget we're talking about warehouses full of stock for us, which is cash and, you know, and alike. So it's it's no small feat, but repurposed into three really good products to help people get access to the cash that they need. It follows that trend of innovation across the whole pandemic. We've seen it, you described three brilliantly there, but we've seen it in retail where people have got their online delivery or click and collect proposition or food delivery proposition from being something that was a pipe dream six years, five years away and a plan into implementation in three weeks. So it, it shows testament to times of darkness, innovations driven. So the pandemic, previous world wars, you just see a massive spike in the speed, agility and the way things that people never thought possible in that timescale get done. So yeah, again, hats off, testament. Just before we came on to record this, um, the Chancellor's announced contactless payment will move to a limit of £100. So it moved up slightly during lockdown and now it's gone, well, double and a bit more through to 100 So does that bring any initial thoughts into your mind, James, of benefits and potential risks? Yeah, I mean, we know that cashless, to, uh, cashless for, as a society has advanced, of course. And it's it's good news, isn't it? You know, it's it's so much simpler for customers to be able to just tap that card and and pay well up to yeah up to a hundred pounds in the future is really good. I guess it does bring a lot of benefits. It also brings to to look at the other side of it, so the opportunity for some fraudsters out there. So please look after those cards because you know one tap of that card and that's up to a hundred pounds that could come out of your account. Of course, there's there's fraud protection with lots of different banks bank accounts for for people to check out, but yeah, it can only be a good thing. And yeah, it went from 35 to 45, didn't it? And then obviously that's proved itself to be of worth to go up to 100. So no, I think it's great news. Yeah, and I, I suppose in, in the little time I've had to reflect on it since the announcement, in my mind, this this just really sets the bar for it to keep going up and, and up and up and up. So where where the where the limit stops who knows it'll be some somewhere sensible i'm sure for everyday transactions but i doubt this will be the the last one and as you as you say it kind of starts to play back to are we going to start to phase out cash i think i read was it pre, just pre-christmas they're talking about stopping production of was it pennies or two pence and you can just see it slowly evolving where there's kind of less coinage less ability to pay by cash or less desire to pay by cash and you know clearly the pandemic's taught us that the less contact you can have with people in different environments then potentially the safer it's going to be so it's a for me it's an evolution but i think you know that's where the world's going and where we're moving to yeah i mean it, it's got some way to go i was saying the post office yeah. has got something out there called a cash tracker and 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 we we track the amount of cash that's out in the uk which of course we have a big part of i think it's here to stay for quite some time cash you know not not all environments and um communities move quite so quickly into a non-cash environment but yeah you know there'll be different forms of of contactless payment coming out in the future as well. I'm sure I remember paying for something or trying to pay for something that was above the contactless threshold with my mobile phone as contactless. 
and actually it didn't knock back the transaction it actually just asked me to put my fingerprint on the um my thumb on the phone take the fingerprint and then it did it over a certain transaction so there's clearly some other technologies out there as well that we're going to be able to leverage to make these things safer as well as you get into those higher amounts but Mm -hmm. yeah it'd be interesting to watch and see how that one evolves yeah and that's before we even get into the the realms of paying by bitcoin and all that kind of oh, um, God, cri- yeah. cryptocurrency which uh, <laughs> i've not i've not quite worked out if it's a good thing or a bad thing it seems to be very volatile in terms of value and i i, I kind of did some really high level research on bitcoin mining which felt like a you know you could be an instant millionaire but the <laughs> processing power and the number of warehouses with pcs and you'd need to do it is another thing but yeah who knows where it where it will be but i think it like you say it's good news for those that want to take advantage good news for those that clearly want to stay as contactless as they can in you know the paying respect and the the personal space respect so um yeah watch this space yeah. i think over the time see how Probably. it evolves James, listen, it's been brilliant to catch up. Uh, I really enjoyed this one because it's kind of an area which I'm not that familiar with. So know the post office, as I said before, love it, as I'm sure we all do as as a nation. And hats off again for you guys for staying open and helping and serving those customers that really needed your services through the last 12 months. Now, I've learned a lot and really enjoyed it. So really appreciate your time for coming on. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Simon. Yeah, pleasure to come on the podcast. Thanks for the invite.